You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hi, I'm Allison Shelton, writer and creator of the indie comic Reburn. You may have heard about us on Indie Comic Spotlight, thanks to Tony and Rhea. Reburn follows May, a superpowered woman who takes on the cult-like utopian society that ripped her life apart. Our comic picks up when she's ready to burn it all down. We're incredibly proud of our all-female team, myself, artist Elise McCall, editor Jessica Patel, colorist Hilary Jenkins, and letterer Joe Matt Gill. Renowned comic writer and artist Kari Andrews said of Reburn, it's an impressive debut, a violent, visceral, and emotion-fueled spectacle. A story you need to read right now. We agree. And we have hard copies and digital copies of issues one through four available on our website, reburncomic.com. That's R-E-B-U-R-N comic.com. Check it out. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm again joined by Megan, Rhea Carrigan, and Alison Shelton to speak about pregnancy and childbirth. Now, if you haven't already, go back and listen to last week's episode. It is essential to get the most out of this part, but assuming you've already listened to part one, part two continues of much of the same. We speak about how the dynamics between two people changes from partners to parents. I read out Math and Amanda's experiences with their latest child, Math being one of the most recent members of the Comics Emotion family. And then nearer the end, we talk about slightly lighter things. So we talk about strange cravings and weird symptoms of pregnancy. And Rhea explains to us what lightning crotch is. So, you know, it's a conversation that I think is really, really important important if you enjoyed part one i can't see a reason why you wouldn't enjoy part two so yeah there's not really much else to say here so i'm gonna be back right at the end of the conversation to tell you what's coming up and a lot of other bits and pieces i've got going on but make sure you check out the show notes because there's loads of information regarding our guests as well as some of the other stuff that i'm up to and the pop culture collective and that sort of thing so without further ado here is part two of my conversation with ria megan and allison about pregnancy and childbirth Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Some people, when they give birth, they they lose part of their identity because when you have a child, what can happen is that if you only become mum and you don't have time for yourself and you just hyper-focus, obviously your child becomes, she said, as soon as she had her kids... uh, a switch goes off immediately and she's like without a shadow of a doubt i would die for them one hell of a 100 if reese need to die i push him in front of a bus straight away if it's to save my kid that's it that there is no question or anything straight away but what can happen is you can become so hyper focused on your child at points that you cannot have time for yourself and that can kind of shift the dynamic of a relationship when you have kids so i wondered if in that sort of vein We've spoken about pregnancy and some of the things with childbirth itself, but the the relation to when you have a child, some of the potential expectations of being a mother, but also how relationships, especially with your partner, can shift. I wondered if either of you would be willing to shed some light on that dynamic, because once again, as someone who hasn't had a child, and especially as someone who's a biological male, it's like when a baby comes into your life, this thing you've created, this chains of hormones and things that can happen to you and linking in with sort of postnatal depression and things a lot of things can change and i know that ria you um have a lot of experience in this element i wondered if you'd be willing to share part of that with us yeah um gosh i don't know where to start i don't know if we've got enough time mike i know Um, it's a lot i I know it's a lot (laughs) i mean yeah i think 
I was incredibly lucky. So Kevin got four months off work um, as paternity leave. So we had an incredible, possibly the best four months of my life, even though in like the first two weeks I had, that was the start of my postnatal depression undiagnosed until a lot later and I did want to kill myself. So even including that, and I'm saying that glibly, for multiple reasons which again we don't have time on but like it's very important if you have postnatal depression to speak to people and get some help you should not be ashamed you are loved you are important know that about yourself please 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 seek help I can only talk about it glibly now because it is four years later but I was so incredibly lucky that I got to have him with me for four months we got to bond we got to share the load of absolutely everything I tried to breastfeed and I couldn't breastfeed. Um, and it turns out it was the best thing ever that happened to us because we could share that. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I gave her a formula. It, it, we had a horrific time, had the most amazing consultant come out for free. She just came to my house every day to try and help me. And she was wonderful and understanding. And she cuddled me when I needed a cuddle. She didn't cuddle me when I didn't need a cuddle. You know, she was like the most amazing woman, but it just wasn't happening. And I'll never forget giving her that first bottle and she was finally happy and I was finally happy. And we looked at each other and we went, oh, okay, cool, we've got this. And then Kevin got to do the same. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, <laughs> cool. We're a team in this. We, we're doing it together. Like, I will never, ever, like, it was just the best time. We spent so much time together. We went out on adventures every single day, like all of these sort of things. He was there for me when I needed him the most. I was there for him when he'd been up for six hours staring at a wall because it was the only way she would go to sleep. All of that sort of stuff, absolutely fantastic. So I think we were in quite a unique position as we were able to start off really strong so that when issues did start to happen, so when I had, when I was finally got help for postnatal depression, when it all came to a head, you know, he was there for me. It was, we are there together as a team. And that is what I think you need to feel like when you go into having a baby through conception, through trying to conceive, through pregnancy, through birth, through then having a child and then growing up, you need to feel like you're a team. A team doesn't always get on. A team doesn't always achieve the goal that they want, but you need to have respect for each other. You need to have time together. You need to you need to be able to talk and ask questions and give each other space, but then also come together. And you need to realise that, even I, we always talk about this, even if we were to break up, which, you know, it's not on the horizon, but <laughs> if we were ever to, you know, our goal is to help our child become an adult who can face the world that's ahead of them. That is our goal. Even if we end up hating each other's guts, even if one of us ends up like breaking the other's heart or anything like that, as parents to our child, our goal is to create a safe environment for her and to equip her with the tools that she needs to go out into the world. And it doesn't mean raising the perfect child. It means that she knows if she needs help, she knows where to get it. If she knows that if she needs help, it's okay to ask, you know, all of those sort of things. And I think for me, that's the most important thing about going into having a baby. It's just, and I'm not doing it to be like, ah, we're so amazing. It's it's hard to achieve. We've had times where that's been really difficult and we've had to work on that. You know, she is four. And in those four years, 
we have had times where we have not been a team, where we have not respected each other. And that's made it infinitely harder. And so for me, that is just the biggest thing. You've got to work at it. It's not easy. Like, and life throws things your way. <laughs> and you've got to have your person. And that person needs to part with you, good and bad. And with your kid being good and bad. Oh, I love my kids so much, but sometimes she's a dickhead. And I just want to be like, I'm just like, I do not want to parent right now. And you can't, you, you're a parent, you've got to do it. You've got to put your, your shit aside and be like, I've got to deal with that later. I'll go and talk to somebody about that later. But right now you need to get these trousers on that I've been trying to get on you for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> and we got to get going. I may want to take these trousers you throw them out of a window, but then you're going to think that that's okay. So I can't do that. So I've got to get my shit together. And when you don't get your shit together, you apologize and you say, you don't say shit to them. Obviously, that'd be terrible. But you say, you know, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Here's the reasons why I did it. It's not about you. Any of my reactions are not on you. And I think that's really important as a parent to say to your kid that my reactions are my own. That's really important to me that I always say to her, if I get upset by anything, I'm like, this is not you. You're not here to absorb this emotion. You're not here to think about this emotion. This emotion is you. Because I would imagine that many of us never heard that from our parents, never heard a sorry. Yeah. If they were angry, they were angry at you. You were scared. You took that anger on board. And I don't want my child to feel that. And I had wonderful parents, but it was a very different way of parenting to how mm -hmm. I want to parent. And you need to be in agreement about those sort of things as well, about how you parent. And that's part of being a team. You know, we keep each other in check all the time. One of, one of us is losing our shit about something. It's like, I'm here for you. I support you. And, you know, it could be about her or not, but it's like in an hour's time, we're picking her up from nursery. We need to, we need to be together on this. If you need some time alone, cool. Go for it. I've got dinner. Don't you worry about it. You know, we'll talk about it after. So if you don't want to talk about it, I've got you space, but you know, you still need to give her a kiss goodnight. You still got to give her a hug and tell her you love her. And that is going into parenting. What I think is really, really important. And nobody's perfect at it, by the way. If you're not doing all of these things, they've said, parents aren't perfect. We're all human, all flawed, right? We'll mess up all the time. It's fine. That's how you Just learn, though. Acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. Acknowledge it. Like, tell your kid about it. Like, you know, I got angry. I got angry because of X, Y, and Z. It happens. It's okay to get angry. How should, how will we do about it in future? You know? Amazing. I don't think that fully answered your question. I went on no, a bit of a... No, that's, <laughs> no, that's fine. You did, you did generally uh, sort of go into the general things I want to talk about, which is, uh, you know, the dynamic shift when you have children. But like with Alison, so uh, do you mind telling us that when you had, I assume the first child, I would assume changes the dynamic more substantially than it changed from... The, the first child to the second child. So I wonder if you could Absolutely. tell us a little bit about that and maybe a little bit about what it's like with the dynamic shift with the second child of like having a team where instead of it being you outnumber the little ones, you're on this even path. <laughs> so I, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that. First of all, everything Rhea said was so beautiful. I was tearing up over here, honestly, because I think especially the piece about uh, apologizing to your mm -hmm. children and to explain why you did what you did. And that had nothing to do with them. Uh, it's so important and it matters. And they remember. See, I'm tearing up now. Um, let's see. My husband and I had been together 
almost 10 years when we had our kids. So we had been, we had the sort of gift of knowing each other very well, which I am, I feel very grateful for. Um, and we talked a lot about it. We are both children of divorce and our parents, uh, didn't really like each other after, you know, like it wasn't like we part as friends. I mean, my parents did in theory because they lived together as friends for 10 years after they divorced, but that's the story for another day. Um, so we were like very, we talked about everything, you know, what do you want to, I mean, everything, birth, breastfeeding, childcare. I mean, just that's how we are. And we were on the same page. And I think we had, we definitely had an understanding that in the end it was my choice or the person who's going to do it. Like if somebody really cares about the kid never having screens, then who's going to entertain the child when that is happening? Or if you really want them to sleep through the night and you're going to do that sleep training thing, who's going to listen to them scream and cry? Because for me, I was like, I can't do this. So we're just going to get up with this kid as many times as this kid gets up because I do not have the follow through. The kid is going to cry for two minutes and I'm going to go in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I know myself well enough. And, and so I feel like we were pretty honest about what we could and couldn't do. And it wasn't about dreams or like ideas of parenting. It was like, this is who I want to be. And this is who I, this is the relationship I want to have with my child. And that's something we still talk about with our kids. And, and I was just talking to a friend earlier and she was saying, you know, the part about parenthood that nobody really seems to understand until they're in it is there's no end. There's no point at which you're like, I got this. You know, I gave birth. I'm done. I, you know, nurse them. I'm done. They're in kindergarten. I'm done. They got A's. I'm done. Never done. Never done. And, and they, will have some problem probably when you are very in the middle of something you're interested in. That is a guarantee always. So, um, but I, our relationship shifts and, and I was certainly, I think both Cody and I, I think our moms had similar complaints about our fathers. So that was something that we had on our brains, which is that they had a hard time becoming secondary in the relationship. They wanted to be the primary focus of their wife's attention and that that was a uh, that was a adjustment that never occurred they never took second place they never were partners you know because so they weren't partners so then you have to jockey for position and um and and my dad did a lot around the house because he was a widower when my mom married him and so he had had he had been a single father so he knew how to do these things but emotionally like Rhea was saying earlier about emotional labor invisible labor um he wasn't willing to do any of that work and I think in a lot of ways he felt like another child to her and I think that is a great way to destroy a marriage if you can't take care of your own shit and you expect someone who's dealing with a very small child to take care of your emotional load you're probably not going to get along great. Um, and it's going to cause a lot of resentment. So we knew that going in like, Oh, my first priority. And I had a lot of reminders from my mother and I'm very grateful for, to her for that. She would say, you got to take care of yourself. You know, you got to put your hair mask, you got to put your mask on first. You know, that analogy, like you have your priority, your number one priority is you because the best mother you can be is the best you. And that is something I definitely took with my friends too, when they were struggling, like 
what they should do. It's like, what do you want to do? What's best for you? That's what's best for your child. So I think as a parent, you have to be number one to yourself. And then it's your kids. And then it's your partner. And I think that's that's the way it works. Um, so if there's resentment around that, not great. Um, also, as a side note, just don't ever be that person who is like, so when can we get back to having sex? Because uh, that is a real relationship destroyer from what I've observed. And and I told my husband, like, before we had kids, I don't know when I'm going to want to have sex again. Don't ever ask me. Ever. And it turned out it was fine. Like I wanted to, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like a very long stretch. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, but, but also, and to go into it, like understanding my body's different now. Mm-hmm. It's, di- it is fundamentally changed. So what I liked before might not be what I like now. And it's not, a, it doesn't reflect on you. This isn't about you. It's about me. And so I think those things are, are very important because I think sex is an important part of a relationship. If it's not great, if you're both on the same page and neither one of you cares about sex, you're going to be golden. But if one of you does and one of you doesn't, it's going to get problematic. Um, so I think talking about it before you have kids, like is important and, and to not feel shame about whatever your body is doing or feeling and how your body's changing. Cause it all looks a little different, you know, it's, it's not the same you. And, um, I think that in the end it brings you closer. I certainly feel grateful for my partner every day because I know no one cares about my kids the way that we do. They're not going to listen to me talk about every single thing they did that was cute to me. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And that is fun. And, and there's so much of us in them. Obviously they're their own people, but I think oftentimes the most triggered you ever get when you're with your children is when they remind you of the part of yourself that you don't want to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) That is so accurate. Yes. I don't like it when you do that because that is me. (laughs) (laughs) And we joke about it. Like we're able to joke about it. We love each other. So we're able to be like, hey, look at, you know, (laughs) remind you of anyone. Um, (laughs) So I, 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 since I am a child of divorce and it was not a happy family situation, this is a gift that I never really thought I would have. So I am grateful for it every day. And it does take work. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't take so much work. Mm-hmm. So if you are already in a relationship with somebody who is so much work, a kid isn't going to fix it. Kids do kids not, not make fix it better. anything. No, they, they, really, they definitely show yeah. the flaws. And, and then you and have you to. A, and you want a partner who's going to be like, oh, it's cute. They remind me of you. Not, oh, yeah. wow, she's a bitch like you. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want that partner. And those partners are out there. They exist. So, um, yeah, if you're already kind of low-key hating each other, like, think about it. 
really think about it. I don't think you and Megan. No, I was going to say because it looks like you're looking straight at us. Where it's like I'm not looking at you. I'm joking. I'm looking at you, Megan. Megan, she's like, if you Loki hate him, give me a signal. Right. Start our own podcast. You come on, Femon. You come on, Femon Collective. We'll find Femon cooking for you. We're getting you in there. You don't have to. You don't have to. Someone who's listening. Someone who's listening who thinks they can't do better. You can do better. You can. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things we've got people in various positions close to myself and Megan who are going through various relationship stages, not to do with yeah. pregnancy and things, but they're like, it's like, do they respect you? No. Well, then why? That's, this, that's that. And it's trust and respect. Is it you're like, do they trust and respect you? If the answer is no to either of those things, I guess go. I'll yeah. go then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Jokes. Um, yeah, but yeah, we, we I speak. don't care about the chemistry or how handsome or how oh, great it is. No, no, like none it. of it matters, and it will all go. Yeah, like, if your relationship lasts, all of that will go. So yeah, trust and respect, and like some common interests. I think help yeah, yeah. that you think each other's funny or at least try know. with each other. Like the the willingness. Yeah. Like me and Megan yeah. when we first met, there was a few things that we liked, but it's been a lot of you like this thing a lot and I like this thing a lot rather than us doing separate things or resenting each other we'll basically be like okay we'll do a bit of this and a bit of that so a bit of each other's thing and we just kind of piece that together and we've in amidst that we found a lot of things we both really enjoy but sometimes it's like Megan wants to watch more of this thing. I want to watch more of this thing. We know what this thing is, don't we? But I'm Star not going to say Wars, it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically RuPaul's Drag Race and Bake Off for Megan. And for me, it's Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Oh, it's like, Bake Off. Yeah. So for that, that's, that's, that's always the trade is, is both of those things. But we do talk about, we even talk about like with these imaginary children, we say like there's certain traits we have. And I'm like, I imagine that, you know, sometimes Michael kids, will look at me and I'll do something. He's like, God, I hope our children don't do that. That is a joke. <laughs> As, to clarify, it's all in jest. To clarify, it's like when I'm in a stroppy mood. He's like, "Oh God, our children are going to do They're that, aren't they?" Definitely going to do that. Yeah. They're but absolutely. It's only when I've got her. When I've got her laughing with me, I don't do it when she's mad at me. But once I've got her laughing, <laughs> then a about, dragon comes. When, out. when she's like laughing and giggling about like being in a bit of a silly mood, and I've got her on my side, and then it's like we're going to have kids, side. and they're going to be like that. Well, you know, if if one of you is maybe off kilter a smidge, which happens to everyone, and it's like. When sometimes you realise you're off kilter and you've maybe just you're in a bad mood and you, for there was no real necessary reason for it and you've just kind of spoken to your partner a bit rudely or something and you kind of quite catch yourself in this thing and you're like I shouldn't be in this bad mood I'm being silly and then your partner notices and it's like you know you're in a little bit of a it silly either goes mood one or two ways though I either yeah. I either will get out of the mood or Most I will recognise that I'm being unreasonable by will be stubborn and just continue to be unreasonable and that's where mike's like oh god our children are gonna do that, Is that i can see it I and can then see you will girl. be like kind of forced to stop doing it yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i know i've got traits your like that as well. kids will be like i can't believe you're so mad at me I, why do you hate me you know and you're like all i did was like kind of be annoyed and it's shocking because i certainly grew up in a very like sarcastic family and we said lots of like terrible shit to each other um and i if i said any of those things to my kid it would be just destroy them you know and i i really had to learn well i had to stop saying so many curse words and i had really hard yeah and now they're older and now I can do it again. And it's fucking great. And, um, and then, and the tone, oh, tone. Tone. And I say, uh, people get annoyed with me, but you know, somebody will say something to her and I have to go, she's four. Yeah. 
she doesn't understand. Oh, but I'm just joking. But she doesn't, she's four. Right. She doesn't understand that. And that's because I don't want her to feel how I often felt as a kid. Right. You know, right. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and that elicits two reactions. People are either like, oh, oh I'm really offended because people naturally get defensive, right? If you call them out. Something yeah. people, we all do it, get defensive. Or they go, yeah, actually, you're right. She's four. And you're like, great, either way, you're hopefully you're going to go and have a little think about your thing, but I'm not going to let my kid be spoken to like that by the people. So I also have to monitor myself that I don't do that either. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's things like if you think, and we'll do this all the time, we'll think we'll be, we're being funny by winding her up because we wind each other up. Well, we're not. that's not funny for her. She's getting upset. So you've got to nip that behavior in the bud. You can't do that. She's four. <laughs> She doesn't get it. She's like, my parents are just being mean to me. <laughs> yeah. And I was not a very touchy person. Like, I didn't like it when people hugged. I still really don't like people who hug. Just oh, like, no. Well, no. If, at all times. Like, whenever I meet you in real life, then Mike's I'll make sure. I, Mike I and love, I are huggers. I'll I hug love. you, Mike and Rhea, because I know you. And <laughs> I, mean, I like would, you. I wouldn't ask. Okay, no, like I would a... never assume. <laughs> I, I would never assume. <laughs> You know, I always ask consenting first. hugs. Yes, yeah. but it's like <laughs> half, half. I I got so much better at hugging and like mm-hmm. showing physical affection because it matters to them. And you have it's the most amazing thing when you're a parent. You have to carry them around, so it teaches you to like hold someone close and show your love for them. And um, yeah, not good sleepers, and so you do a lot of that. But the best feeling is when they put their little arms around your neck and put their little face into your neck. A little yeah. head into your neck. It's honestly the best. I now do that with my best son. feeling. So oh, that's just. I put my arms around his neck and hug him. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but it doesn't change. They're in you. They live in you, and they'll mm-hmm. live in you too, Mike. Even though you don't have their DNA in you, like Megan, like they're. I don't know. It's profound. That's why I got so uh, emotional because for me. Like I fully encourage and and love people who don't want to have kids and know it because I, I really don't like people who are like, Oh, I'm going to have a kid, but I'm not going to let it change me. You know, like I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, Oh (laughs) my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to let them change me. Like they're just going to, we're just going to hang out or whatever nonsense. And, but like, if you have children, I, for me, it has been a life changing experience because Mm. I, I love them. I, I really do. And, uh, I, it has helped me have so much more compassion and sympathy for my parents and for little me and how life is not easy. And most of us are doing the best we can. And it's, it's a journey. It is. It's it's beautiful. And I, I, I love everything you, you've both said uh, thus far, but we've got one more sort of part of a, a quest, a thing that uh, Matt bringing the tone down. It is. Down. It's just because we're getting. Do you to want the me to talk about lightning crops? Well, no, oh, right. No, is no, that not quite. Last, is that part three of seventeen? The last part. So <laughs> the thing that Math, Math has very kindly shared to us is going to be something that's a bit more of issues alongside pregnancy. But it was kind enough, and his partner Amanda has been kind enough to share this. So I'm going to uh, read that element out. But I do have some lighter parts that we're going to finish with, which is going to be lightning crotch and then weird symptoms during pregnancy that Jasmine shared with us and maybe a couple of funny little weird things like some weird stuff Jasmine ate and some other little things there. So I am going to end on a higher note, but I thought if we run out of time, I don't want to end on 
sort of maths thing because it's quite I, I imagine want to talk about it and things and uh so Math, obviously one of the newest members of the Comics Emotion family, who is just delightful. He really saved the Andor chat. He's jumped in, you know, full force into the podcasting realm. And we're doing a podcast together as well, Rebels Reviewed, which will be coming out in a month or so, probably. Um, and Math and I, like, we keep on talking about it. Next week, we're doing The Last of Us podcast. Amazing. And we're, we're trying to be like, going to keep it to an hour. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be like five hours long. Can't be. I've got to get it out. You're still going to be recording when the next episode comes out. Yeah. It's like, sorry, Matt, we've got to go. We've been talking for four days now. Paul Paul's on it with us and he'll just be like, can you two stop talking? He'll be like, I've got to go, guys. I'll come back in a couple of hours' time. I'll have a nap. Um, But yeah, Matt, absolute delight. And I cannot wait uh, to chat with him uh, along with obviously Dave for Rebels Reviewed. But so, Matt, this is uh, quoting him. So um, it's quite a lot, but. Uh, myself and Amanda have been together for 16 years this year. Amanda had two children, Alex, three, and Haley, two, um, from a previous la- relationship when I met her. But he, um, we were lucky enough to find each other, and the kids were happy enough to let me join the family. Alex, now 18, and Haley, now 17, have always called me their dad, and as far as I'm concerned, I am. We don't need to be blood-related to be family. It's been a pleasure to be in their life and to watch them grow up. We've had so many times talk... Um, we talked so many times about having another baby so I could experience being a biological father and creating a little life force a few times. So we decided that after five years, we were ready to try and had everything planned. Amanda had the let's lop treatment for let's loop treatment for cancerous cells on the cervix and got told at the time it wouldn't cause any problems to future pregnancies. Fast forward several years when we decide to try for our final baby, we get pregnant. It's excitedly await for our first midwife appointment and get told we're classed as high risk due to the short cervix. We had to be referred to a specialist for the duration of our pregnancy after a couple of appointments and transvaginal scans. Baby was doing perfect, but the specialists told us she she didn't think she would get we would get a viable term and to rest as the baby could literally fall out as I was walking down the street. We had almost weekly appointments and transvaginal scans all showing baby perfectly growing and our options would be decided by the specialist cervical stitch or piogesterone injections. Then I developed DVT in my leg. I believe this was a uh, quoting sorry Amanda a DVT in my leg when we discovered when we were camping around a 30-minute drive from my house, the midwife advised us to go to the nearest hospital. We did this and finally got diagnosed DVT. Um, do we know what DVT is? Sorry. Deep um, vein thrombosis. Okay, thank you. But then encountered the problem that the hospital we went to doesn't communicate with the hospital we were normally at because we were camping. Um, so we had loads of problems getting notes for the pregnancy specialists and problems transferring to our local hospital, um, which was only a few minutes' walk from our house to the hematologists. Both hospitals are 11 miles away from each other, so about 20 minutes, but we were unable to talk to each other for our notes, which was then causing a huge amount of stress. And from then on, things became much more stressful. I was told... Yeah, so this is... Everything I've just said in this on is quoting Amanda. I was told to rest for the short cervix, but to keep active for the blood clot. Weekly transvaginal scans, weekly blood tests, daily heparin injections, self-administered, and then weekly progesterone injections administered at the hospital. No water birth was allowed, um, to give in hospital because I was a high risk and then on top of that I had to travel to a further hospital 30 minutes away to give birth because we needed to be where the specialists were in case I bled out or giving birth and needed a transfusion the baby kept growing perfectly and then gets to 35 weeks and they start talking about wanting to induce me early a total shock we spend all this time keeping the baby in to now try and, vi- try and evict him early baby came on his own however at 37 weeks 
I had been having contractions for two days and lost my mucus plug on the third morning. Contractions continued timing. Um, They are fluctuating between three, four and five minutes apart. So we called the midwife and were told that we think the baby is on the way. And we were told that no, it's just the Braxton Hicks. Take paracetamol and have a bath. We had a bath, we tried to lay down and then the water broke. We rang the midwife, finally told me to come in, but don't wait for Matt to get home. Take me to um, take me in a taxi. I said, no way, I already needed to push, but she was adamant, no, you have plenty of time to just get a taxi instead. Math then rushed back from work and then rushed to us there, and the whole time I'm trying to squeeze the baby back inside, but then doubting myself and thinking, is this just the Braxton Hicks? I may need a paracetamol. We arrived at the hospital, Math ran in to get a wheelchair, to which the porter wouldn't let him have one. Then a security guard took one from the porter and brought it up to me and pushed me uh, up to the delivery suite while Math parked the car. We got onto the bed and yes, baby was already there waiting to be pushed out. We instantly asked for breastfeeding support and just got told to put the baby to breast. Um, we did and George did feed small amounts. We continued this one in the hospital for three days and then didn't really receive any good support until the second day when we got a good midwife that actually helped with feeding positions and then told me to express and try and cup slash bottle feeding as George was using me for comfort and sleeping on me after a few days of trying to feed. While home feeding was still a struggle, we were asking for support but didn't really receive any until the point George dropped below 11% his birth weight and was slightly jaundiced, to which point we were told on the Friday evening that if he hadn't gained weight by the Monday, he would be taken off us and had to be kept in hospital. So obviously with a weekend of worry and math going to buy baby formula, which was um, the wrong one as well due to sheer panic, um, I was expressing and feeding him on the breast as well and then by Monday we went to the hospital through tears and then got told that George wouldn't be taken away he'd actually being he'd actually put weight on so we got the breastfeeding support worker and she helped massively with uh, further getting help with nipple shields and then George gained the weight rapidly I just feel like there is no communication between the medical professionals and some of them think Uh, They don't think how to word things and they leave you more worry by what they've just said. The baby could just fall out when you're walking down the street is not what you want to hear. And they're not really explaining things right. Like the reason they want me to be induced was so that they could stop my Harperin injections the day before. So there'd be less chance of me having any problems with bleeding out or during birth if I needed a C-section. After George was here, I suffered postnatal depression and separation anxiety from George to the point it affected Math spending time alone with him, say even for a stroll around the park, or even him carrying while we were out. And I honestly think it was down to the fact that we were told early that we may lose him, that it took almost three years to get any form of counselling, by which point it really helped myself and I was doing much better. So that's from Amanda, and then there's a small part here from Math, which was... um, We've just had uh, George's fourth birthday on the 13th of January and he's an amazing little boy. We love um, them all and people say there's always a difference between your own and your stepchildren. And although that, that is partly true, I do have a different bond with George. Maybe that's part of what we went through. But Alex is my eldest and although some of his life choices at the moment aren't <laughs> always the best, I know he's there for us and we're proud of him, brackets most of the time. And Haley will always be my little girl. We do clash at times, but that's because she's a lot like me as we have the same mannerisms. George is like my little twin. If you look at me when I was his age on photos and George, you'd be easily confused. I do feel truly blessed with the family I have and wouldn't change them for the world. Amanda is an amazing person for everything she does. Um, she's my wife and does more than anything. And more than anything, she's my best friend. So funnily enough, just by coincidence, that whole sort of expression that Math and Amanda very kindly shared with us, has uh, this conversation has actually touched upon 
a lot of those elements with breastfeeding, about the partners and relationship, about some of the complications that can happen, but also people being kind and telling their stories and also some of the issues with some of the healthcare systems. But yeah, just thank you, Math and Amanda, for sharing those things. Um, Rhea, is there anything you'd like to sort of comment on that? No, just thank oh. you for sharing. I think what I... I mean, the mental load whilst being pregnant, which is a physical and mental load in itself of that worry through the entire time. I'm so sorry that she had to go through that. That's so awful. I think it's, you know, women, this is where, where women and I mean, and, you know, and men and everybody who gives birth or is in the vicinity of that needs support and, you know, of trying to not go into a rant about social care, no, which is why I'm quite hesitant. Um, <laughs> but just thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so, so pleased you've managed to get counselling. I'm sorry it's taken so long. That's awful. And just, you know, again, another important story to share. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And the importance of, you know, other people, when people are having issues with uh, their children or anything, obviously be wary and be sensitive of what you can say, especially with healthcare professionals and things like that is just, oh, you don't I mean, know what can, what one simple sentence to you could cause a serious trauma or even a trigger to other people if they've gone through some obviously very traumatic things. I will be putting trigger warnings at the start here. Um, and I think, I think she touches on something really important, which is about reflecting back after giving birth. You know, I look back on my birth story and I had what is genuinely sort of thought as like an uncomplicated pregnancy and uncomplicated birth. I would disagree. I don't feel that. I had a complicated pregnancy in terms I was sick for most of it apart from two weeks. Um, it wasn't until my final trimester that they finally gave me anti-sickness tablets. So it was absolutely horrific. In my first trimester, I lost so much weight that people were congratulating me on losing so much weight, which is a whole other different podcast. And I was like, I don't want to be losing weight. I'm pregnant. It's supposed to be the opposite. And I'm scared and vomiting like every two hours. So not great. Um, I had multiple bleeds, which wasn't, which ended up like many trips to A&E and to, and to maternity care, which wasn't communicated to me properly until the very final one that it was because I've got soft cervix. Um, so that was causing the bleeds. And then in my birthing story, I, my waters broke dramatically like they do in the movies, which everybody told me wouldn't happen. Um, all over our sofa, all over the floor. Kevin was asleep. I had to go and wake him up. Um, and he came out of the room to just underwear and pajama bottoms on the floor surrounded in water going what's happening (laughs) and I was like well we're about to have a baby and when I ended up being induced I don't want to talk about that right now they put a hand up yeah it's fantastic for a pessary um I don't want to talk about it because we're we're running out of time Mm -hmm. because it's a long story but then I moved along very quickly and I wasn't listened to nobody believed me and then suddenly they were like, you're six centimetres, you're about to have a baby, we need to rush you into the room, you can't have an epidural, you can't have anything. If you want a water bath, you've got water birth, you've got to get in it now. And looking back on it, you know, I was not listened to, but I did have excellent care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that reflects her story as well, Amanda's story, that she everybody was doing it, doing everything to try and make sure she was okay to look after her. But it wasn't 
necessarily the sort of that connection, that human connection in terms of the care that she needed, the looking after her mental health type of care. And I feel many women probably, many women and many people who give birth feel the same upon reflection after after giving birth. Mm-hmm. And Alison, uh, any comments before we then... I'll turn to the lighter things towards the end, but Alison, everything that we've just <laughs> spoken about. Same as Rhea. Like, I appreciate her sharing that story. I think it really speaks to what I was talking about earlier about being treated like your medical case instead of a person who's giving birth. And um, I those things that they say, like, we may take away your child. Uh, I had something like that said to me. And particularly if you're worried about losing your child earlier or you had miscarriages, I think it's incredibly triggering and and they don't really know or think about it. It's just there. It's very much about keeping everyone alive. That's the guiding principle. And it's not about experience. It's not about how, how it's being done. It's about results. And it's a, it's an interesting I was talking with my friend earlier about it and I don't know if you have doulas in the UK or that's something, uh, yeah, how I, I strongly recommend that if you're having a hospital birth and not a midwife birth, and even if you are having a midwife birth, but it's to have someone who's your advocate, who is helping speak for you and also slow down this process that feels like it's moving at uh, just a sonic speed. Like everything is happening. Everyone is talking around you. And you need someone who has your back. And I think for me, one of the biggest challenges of becoming a parent and nursing and all of those things was not beating myself up if I wasn't doing it as well as I thought I should be doing it. Um, Because I had a lot of challenges breastfeeding my first child. And I remember just feeling like such a piece of shit that I couldn't do it, uh, that I wasn't a woman because I couldn't do it right. And I just, if I try one more time, if I try one more time, as as my fever is going up and my breasts are turning rock hard, it's not good signs. Um, and luckily I had a partner who was like, we got to call lactation. We got to do something. You're not okay. And I was in so much denial because not being able to do that, I just felt worthless. And I think people don't realize how oftentimes we turn to that. That's our default setting, worthlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to talk about it because I think many of us sit alone with that and it just festers and gets worse. So I I think it's wonderful Amanda shared this. I think her story, unfortunately, is, is very common. And um, I'm glad she got the help she needed too, but it's a travesty that it took so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. And yeah, thank you so much again uh, to both Math and Amanda for sharing and obviously for my other friend for sharing. And so we'll get on to, we'll start to wrap up here because we've been chatting for a long time. But um, once again, back to Jasmine, who's got some uh, interesting things. She mentioned uh, with uh, breastfeeding and things with um, her first child, Caleb, had issues, end up just doing bottle, but then second child, immediate it just wipes out when he needs straight it. away and she's like you know it's the first one had certain better things because it was your formula her uh, partner reese he could feed in the middle of the night that sort of thing was convenient but now he's finding that because of breastfeeding he's not having that midnight feed because obviously preparing breast milk in bottles it's, it's not 
as easy as one would uh, naturally expect and things. So it's a pain. Yeah, there's, so yeah. there's certain elements and there's benefits. And it's again, it's, it's all this element of shame of people feeling like if a woman can't breastfeed, there's a problem. It's like, it's obviously if it's something you want to look into, if it is a medical issue, yeah, explore that. But you're not any less of a person or of a, of a woman for being unable physically to do a certain thing. It, it's just one of those things where shame is such an integral part of some of the problems surrounding pregnancy and childbirth and raising children and a lot of life. Um, but moving on to something uh, slightly lighter is uh, Jasmine kindly told me some of the things where some of the weird symptoms and strange things that happened to her. So one thing she found that she was dribbling a lot, especially when she was just falling to sleep. So she's laying in bed and she, has, she was just mouth was making so much saliva. She'd be it's like, your oh. sinuses swell up. Yeah. Yeah, so when she you're was pregnant, like, your sinuses swell up, so you can't breathe through your nose. Yeah, so she she said so she's to quote no, her, she's like, I'm a I've mouth breather a anyway. She was like, she's she was like, I'm a dirty mouth breather anyway. So when <laughs> I was pregnant, it was just like waking up like after an hour of falling asleep and just dribble. Um, but she said she was in a lot of discomfort due to um, her pelvis and things, and so walking was in a lot of pain. And people were like, oh yeah, you're in discomfort because of being pregnant. She's like, no, I'm in agony because of. Do you know why, Mike? Pelvic dysplasia because pregnancy. Do you want to know why? It moves your organs and your hips out and things, doesn't it? It moves everything. So yeah. all Including of your, lungs as well. all of you, everything that joins your body together and your bones together softens up everything mm-hmm. in your body softens up so all your ligaments all your joints all nice and soft getting ready for the baby so that's why so not only do all of your organs literally move your uterus starts off the size of like an orange goes to roughly the size of a watermelon god <laughs> so all your other organs have to go somewhere but at the same time the rest of you is loosening up so you think you have a baby because you see it in films tv right you go out and your tummy goes back to normal. I have noticed people have started stopping doing that recently. It doesn't. But also your joints all have to go back together. So they have to all sort of contract back in. They often don't contract back into where they used to be. So you can... So I, for example, had problems with my hip and couldn't walk because joints just didn't go back together. My bones just all didn't go back together normally. So you're just walking around, just all loosey. Everything's all loose in there. Everything's, teeth are loose. They used to take out your teeth. So back at like about 100 years ago, probably not even that long ago, because women's teeth would get so bad, so you're more prone to um, cavities infection. and things like that, and infection, gingivitis, but also your teeth get loose. Even your gums loosen up and bleed more. They used to yank out women's tooth and just give them teeth and give them dentures. If you're pregnant, just take out your teeth and give you dentures. Because it's, it's more cost-effective than actually treating the issue or treating you like a human being because all they cared, cared about was the baby. It's just junk out your teeth because your gums get loose and your teeth hurt. Well, um, well, I was just yeah. talking about that's, that's pretty horrendous. That, I was talking about dribbling and a bit of pain. But <laughs> Sorry. You've back. Let's wrap it. Let's do, let's do aversion to smells. Here's a fun one. Uh, there was obviously aversion to smells is quite a common thing. Um, not to downplay anything you've said, Ria, obviously. Um, you know, I felt like I was cutting. It's like, no, Ria, no talking about facts. <laughs> Stop being serious, no, Ria. No facts about pregnancy is, is what we're here for in jest. But um, Jasmine, she said she really got into stronger flavour. So she really got into Marmite a lot more. She already liked it. But really, really, really sour sweets. But then Olives, hated Olives before pregnancy, loved Olives during pregnancy, hates Olives again, just for that period of time. And she said, you know, with... Different pregnancies, she had different desires. One of them, she was only having for a few weeks. All she could stomach eating was salad cream sandwiches. Ugh. So, and I'm like, Jasmine also went Ugh. through a trifle stage. Yeah. All she ate was oh my trish, God, could only eat trifle. Trifle's yeah. amazing, to be fair. I would pretend I was going through a trifle stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and egg mayo so sandwiches as well. Trifle, guys. Can and, you... 
more trifle, <laughs> pass it along. And, and another part with it is that Jasmine said her first pregnancy was a lot more difficult, um, I think, on her body. And also, but the, the birthing process was a lot more complicated and uh, Caleb was early and then he had jaundice, had to be kept in the hospital for a little while. Whereas Elliot, their second uh, child most recent, he was like, she was like, it's much easier. The pregnancy was better. It was less... Uh, bad in all the sort of usual ways certain things weren't bothering me as much but she said one thing that's com- completely understated is people are like oh when you're pregnant you're tired she's like no 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 when you're pregnant you are absolutely fucking exhausted your body is literally fueling cells multiplying inside you to create life your body is doing that and she's like you can't fathom the level of exhaustion that you feel because i had a conversation with her today for about an hour so if that's the the tone she was saying it was just like obviously I will never understand that as a, as a biological male of the the actual toll on one's body of creating life, let alone all the hormonal changes and the you know the joints and your organs being pushed around and everything and the birth itself, but also just the exhaustion of giving uh, birth is just a quite a big thing. And then it's the equivalent the, of running sleep. a marathon, and then they don't sleep, and then they don't sleep because you're exhausted when you're pregnant, but you're it's just the beginning. <laughs> that's the thing that is the hardest like you think you're really tired when you're at term and then you have a baby and then you got to care for it mm-hmm. and that was the biggest surprise or thing when we gave birth at home like everyone just leaves and there's your baby you have no like adjustment period mm-hmm. they're like are you sure we're ready for this like nobody's gonna like check or anything you're just all gonna leave Matt. She said I've that never had one home. She said the support or, network was really odd. Like everyone was there, and then suddenly it's kind of yeah. you're left to yourself. Yeah, good luck so to you. In the Netherlands, they have amazing postpartum care. So they have somebody who comes around with you every day, and they'll do things like clean your house for you. Yeah, or postpartum doulas. Like, oh, that's what they get you some here. food. Yeah, because in yeah, America they've got a lot, of and people. you just get them for free in the Netherlands. Yes. What were you asking, Megan? In America, I know quite a few. Sorry, yeah. In America, I know quite a few people set up like um, food stuff. Yes, like they, they, yeah, like a meal chain, so that when you have a baby, that there's there's a stream of meals that you know that are coming your way, so that it can just make things a bit easier. I think that's not really as as a common thing over here. Oh yeah, we definitely have that. It's the sleeping, though. I think that's the hugest adjustment. It's like. Because you will have a friend if you all have a baby whose child sleeps Ugh. like a lot. You'll I was that annoying person to start with, and now my child does not sleep ever. She hit six months and went. You were so smug, weren't you? <laughs> I've slept enough. I've slept enough for yeah, six yeah. months. I'm ready to and go. Three and a half years later, so you I'm were like, that oh my person. God. Where is it was like, oh, but she just goes to bed and then she yeah. just wakes up like eight hours later. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, um, not anymore. Uh, oh well she's supposed to get like 12 hours sleep i mean that would be some sort of miracle <laughs> like honestly. you get sleep obsessed and that is a huge difference yeah. between the first child and i think subsequent children <laughs> is that you're so obsessed with it the first time and the second time you're like well this sucks <laughs> i mean we know it does and you like because i am not great with sleep deprivation i think some people are better at it i do get just like my eyes felt like they were in sand like that's how it felt, and and I just wanted to talk to everybody. Like, how do you do it? Do they sleep? Like, for how long? You know. And then people would do that to me with my second one. I just be like, oh come on, just sleep. <laughs> come on, we've moved on. We're talking about preschool. 
<laughs> did you have interest, Alison? I know we are starting to wrap up, but with your second pregnancy, did you find there were many differences in the journey of pregnancy? In it, it was in different, but I, I I had boys both times, but so did your friend, right? Because mm-hmm. I do think that mm-hmm. matters. Gender can like really, the gender of the child can really affect the way you experience pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I eat a lot of salad. Like it's a joke how much salad I eat as a human. And when I was pregnant, I hated it. Yeah. Like I, I, I just wanted like steak and I didn't eat steak at that point in my life. I was a vegetarian for many, many years and I had started eating fish, but I was like, you know what I want is a bloody steak. I was like from Rosemary's baby, which maybe you haven't seen, but she eats bloody steaks and she also gives birth to the spawn of Satan. Ooh, but, um, <laughs> We've got on a, cult, a, cult a little different. But yeah. Um, yeah, I really wanted steak. And I want to say well, upside, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Rhea, but the orgasms are better. They're off the charts. <laughs> but no, during I, or after? I didn't have pregnancy sex. During. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's pretty tremendous. I couldn't. So Kevin was yeah. sick at the start of my pregnancy. He was in hospital for 10 days. He got pancreatitis and was incredibly oh, wow. unwell. So yeah. he, so for like the first like three to six months, he was like not having any of it. And then by the time we got to that stage, I was exhausted, bleeding, so my bleeding cervix, vomiting all the time. So like none of it was going to happen. So you weren't having great sex? Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hearing it. But everybody said sex. the same thing. Like, pregnancy yeah. sex is amazing. Do you love it? Yeah. And I was like, I will literally smash you against a wall. Like, no, I'm not having yeah. anything. Because you know how your joints are all loose and everything's yeah. engorged with yeah. all kinds of yeah, stuff you've got all that's the going, going on. Going yeah, on yeah, yeah, like, yeah. When yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. feeling sick, you actually feel pretty good. Yeah, so I highly so recommend unfair. if you aren't feeling like you need to vomit. Uh, it's it's great. I mean, I also think it's great when you're not pregnant, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always um, good. Wow, that's something. Well, we've all had bad sex. Certainly, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a that's a fun one. But well, it was unexpected. I also hated that I couldn't sleep on my back. I don't know oh. if you asked that, but that was a real big downer. I was like, oh, I need to sleep on my side. What? That was a I couldn't. And your breasts get so large. Uh, I mean, I already have large breasts, and I said this on another podcast, and someone said it was a humble brag. It's not. It's, it's a just thing. A fact. It's, it's not like it just super happens. fun yeah. times all the time, and. They get so big, and you're like, "How do I sleep? Like, they're where just do everywhere. Them, like, where do I put them? Why are I they just know. there? Yeah, you like, you start knocking things off, not with your belly, with your boobs. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, great for catching stuff. Big boobs are good for that anyway. We all know that, right? Catch stuff in, and you're I like, wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't know, Rhea. <laughs> you'll find out. You'll you're find like, out. Oh, Don't worry. A little bit of popcorn from that. I've been this in about weeks. So. Yeah. <laughs> But and yeah, I had but to then wear, when you're pregnant, it's worse. And I had to wear one of those belts uh, the second oh, did pregnancy. You? Yeah, because it was just the weight of the yeah. baby and just everything was loose in there. And yeah. I was like, God, this hurts. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, you got to wear one of those like big elastic belts. I was like, They're like what they wear when people work, like do heavy lifting, don't they? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It was a lifesaver because I am a very active person. So if I can't be active, I get like really not great and so i was like i can't lay around 
like I can sometimes, but I also need to do other things. So the, um, the belt was a lifesaver. I had friends who had to do the, the whole like over the shoulder belt, oh, which is a, a kind of a nightmare, but this was just, uh, the little, this is the real low key belt, but game changer. So if you are having pain down there, get yourself a belt. <laughs> do it. Highly recommend. And maternity clothes are wonderful. Oh my! Like, I still wear mine. Love them. <laughs> oh my god! My love maternity them. joggers are yeah. the best thing I own. Yeah, like yeah. they're just oh, so comfortable. I wear them all the time. Yeah, like, still, like the day they fall apart, I will just be buying a replacement pair. People are like, are you pregnant? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun to get hand me downs because they are pricey maternity yeah, clothes. So it's pricey, nice yeah. to have a friend who was pregnant before you, or you're hitting her in between her pregnancies, um, and she wants to help you out with her clothes. I I loved maternity clothes. I'm trying to think of other things that were. I also loved. I didn't love. This is not the right word. I thought it was very interesting. Who would catcall me when I was pregnant, but who would not? When I like, there's a different type of dude who suddenly is like, "Hey, mama, <laughs> whoa, okay, I get what you're into." Um, and there's a lot of it. I mean, I got a lot. I got a lot of. I hate people who want to touch you. I hate them and wanted to smack them. And, and I think I give off those vibes. So not a lot of people wanted to touch me because I think they could see in my eyes, I'll fucking hit you. <laughs> um, so they just would start to reach toward my stomach and I would like give them the look of like, you really want to do that. And then they wouldn't. Um, but there was something just, I don't know. It, it, you, your experience, my experience of the world definitely did change when I was pregnant, especially yeah. when you are massively pregnant People do treat you differently and you, and you feel like this kind of like, I felt a lot of power. <laughs> like I have a kid in here. Yeah. Like, I'm making something. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> totally. By the and, end, I was like that. I was like, Look at yeah. me, I'm bloody badass. Yeah. He's rocking around. It's like, oh, baby, it's moving. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a person in there. Yeah. Like it's, it's a real life hiccups, person in there. Right? Yeah. I was hoping it was going to come out with teeth because that happens every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like, mm. real rare. No, because teeth are real. I would be happy with that. Scary. I would. Yeah, but then they don't have to teeth. And as a person who found that very, well, I know it's not great for nursing. Only once instead of having to do it twice. I guess. No, the I, second I time the second it doesn't matter. It's really the first time that keeps them up at night. And I was so sleep, and I was obsessed with getting my child to sleep. Like I was one of those people who was like, "You want to see me at this time? No." You want to, because I was like, I got to get this kid to sleep. It was my oh, yeah, whole yeah, yeah. life. And you need to respect, I think you need to respect people who have a kid and say, I cannot do this at that time yeah. because that is nap time. Because yeah. that person has been through something to realize yeah. that is nap time. And you need to respect <laughs> that boundary. <laughs> that is like, so true. <laughs> like they know if my kid is not asleep at this time, yeah. I've got hell on earth the next yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. So back off. It's not, I can't just pop out for lunch with you, Deirdre. <laughs> Deirdre, I don't know. Who do you know called Deirdre? It's usually older people, though, isn't it? Like who are a bit disrespectful of the fact that you've got like a schedule going on. We didn't have that in my day. I'm like, give a fuck. It's more fucking schedule. Like, and you're like, (laughs) and are those the same people who say treasure it? Oh, don't the it goes so fast. Literally, and and you'll never 
ever feel like this again. Hi, we're in the store. Who yeah. the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. my kid, and they always do it when your kid is like throwing a tantrum, yeah, cool. you know, and it's just like, okay, this is never going to be short enough. Yeah. yeah. I understand <laughs> that like their years are short, but this is long. So, um, <laughs> yeah, those people don't ever be one of those people. Yeah. They can fuck off. Yeah. Or one of those people who, when a kid is having a tantrum, says something like, well, why don't you just do X, Y, Z? It's like, get out of here. Like, I'm doing the best I can right now. And you're not helping. So it's... It's it's like anybody who passes any passing judgment. Oh, your kid should be wearing a coat. All right, you try and get a coat on then. (laughs) Here's the coat. I'm going to pop off. I'm going to go and have a. I'm going to go and have a glass of wine. See you later. I'll see you in about forty five minutes. You'll still be here, won't you, you little fuck? (laughs) I can't have no time for it. And it never changes. I saw a tweet that was like, "I'm not going to do it right," but it was like middle schoolers fear that their friends will see them in a jacket. I am not wearing a jacket. Like, I mean, I had a kid who just didn't wear pants. Like, I mean, he wore yeah. shorts, which I live in California, which is fine. But sometimes it gets cold and people yeah. are like, oh, shorts. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't wear pants. There are yeah. some there are some kids at my school that are like 12, 13, and I've never seen them wear a pair of trousers. Oh, and it, MJ, it was like minus if, if five here wear, recently. Like, that's MJ. Like, absolute nightmare and she goes i'm not cold and she's turning blue but like, i think you need to wear because, no, I'm fine. i love nose. the cold i love the cold and i mean you're like ah oh, fine <laughs> well, you'll still you be alive do? at the end of it you'll be all right exactly um yeah i've got one more uh one more thing oh, fire crotch like really we're, like, gotta do it. that's how we get oh. that's the finale that's the, finale. the last thing <laughs> the last thing from jasmine is just Weird. She had insanely intense, scary, mad dreams. She was like, oh, she's never been a big yeah, dreamer, yeah. but as soon as she was pregnant for a little while, it was just all systems go. She was like, she described, <laughs> she describes Reese's dreams as the dreams of a fourteen-year-old boy. So like being chased by like terrorists or something, and it's really intense and scary. They're the kind of dreams <laughs> Reese has. Jasmine's like, my dreams are normally just plain and boring but non fairly nonsensical about things vaguely going on around me but she's like when pregnant they were just mad they were off the wall bonkers and they were so intense and really fast so it was like that's something i'd never even considered would change through pregnancy did uh, either of you two find that yeah yeah you got a lot of hormones going on so you're going mad like it's, it's crazy times in there your brain changes for sure. Mm-hmm. That's not something we've talked about pregnancy no. brain or post pregnancy oh. brain, oh, but it is, is very real. real. Sight changing, and smell, all kinds with of pregnancy stuff. brain. My, um, my friend Chloe and I used to car share to work together, and her baby brain got really, really bad. That she'd yeah. be like, Megan, can you? can you remind me that I've got like a physiotherapy session tonight? (laughs) And I would have to text her later on in the day being like, you've got a physio like session later. And she's like, ah, thank you. I forgot. Like she left her bank card in the like ATM machine. She took her cash and then left her card behind and someone chased after her. She just like would forget loads of random stuff. Yes. I I can see that. And words and and yourself. And yeah. how to do things. And I was like, oh, I guess this is who I am now. Like, I sort of made peace with it. Like, I might never get it back. I need to develop other hobbies. <laughs> and as it... <laughs> less less intellectual ones. And uh, I was like, okay. 
you know, and then it slowly kind of started coming back and it was amazing. Like, oh, look at how I can connect thoughts again. It's fun. <laughs> uh, it, it took a long time, especially having two kids. Like it, it, it took a while. I wasn't sure. I get really excited now because I retransfer a lot of stuff and the email pops up and I can remember the six numbers. Whereas mm. if you'd asked me to do that, like either when pregnant or like maybe even like two, three years ago, I'd be like, I need to have them both up. Like, got to look at it. Like, they're the first two numbers. <laughs> yep. Seven, six. Good. Okay. Oh, what were the, is that an eight? Oh, okay. Yeah. An eight. And now I'm like, wow, I can get six numbers. In a row. Winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely winning. Yeah. Rhea, please tell us then. Let's, let's fire this off with the 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 big ending which it could be something really horrible and depressing i don't know because i've not looked no. it up like i mean it's crossed. hilarious it's hilarious that's what you want to end on we've had some <laughs> ups and downs we've had some Thank incredibly God, passionate it's, stories it's not about i don't know losing some part of you <laughs> no, I, I thought it was a joke when he asked no. so i'm actually really curious so we talked about it in a different group with so mike dan and megan and i had talked about it in a different group uh in the run-up to this conversation about pregnancy stuff. And I was like, surely everybody knows about lightning crotch. Turns out people do not. So lightning crotch is, you tend to get it from about like the halfway mark and it will be a sharp, sudden pain either in your vagina or in your pelvis. And the first time it happens, you go, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was mad. Do you want to go on Google and find out I'm, you know, about to, go on the madness that is WebMD and find out that like I've got some weird rare disease. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to ignore it. It's just a weird pregnancy thing. It keeps on happening and you Google it. You find out it's lightning crotch, which is basically it's just where the baby puts pressure on the nerves in your pelvis, but it results in <laughs> a short, short, sharp, people say short, wasn't for me, pain, in your vagina, just just on going, you'll just be there, just, just enjoying some tacos, just uh, Taco Tuesday. That's an interesting that. choice oh. of of food, and you chose the <laughs> the one that is often the colloquial slang. <laughs> That's done. part of why I wore Thank the you. belt, Ria. That because it takes but the pressure off the nerves. Takes the pressure, but like yeah, you know the the space between your butthole and your vagina. Oh, it's really nice when the nerves there get hit by lightning crotch. And it is literally like being struck by lightning. You used to be sat there. And See, a this isn't hysterical. What's the funny part? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sad. It is hilarious. It's hilarious. I would tell everybody about it and I'd be like, yeah. like you're right. Oh, it's just my lightning crotch playing up. It's a funny well, name. This is why people don't pleasant. tell people about it before they have kids, Megan. You don't <laughs> want to be like, oh, and doesn't it sound fun? I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is that I would, I want to know all of this stuff. Like, I you like hearing. I like hearing about it. Like, like I like. I also like being able to connect the dots for other people. Like, so Chloe and Jasmine, they respectively have their own cats. But at the same time, one cat, they were, all of the cats were just pissing in the house. Like, for some reason, all of the cats were pissing. And it's because so of the hormones. Male, male, cats. male cats react with the hormones in pregnant people and it makes them piss everywhere. <laughs> so I was talking to Jasmine and then she told me that, that Cubby had been peeing in the house and then she found out that it was the hormonal thing. And then like a week later, Chloe was like, oh, for God's sake, Alan and Seymour keep peeing in the house. And I was like, "That's a, that must be, a, it's a thing. I was like, you're both pregnant, it's a thing. <laughs> then I told her and she was like, for God's sake. She was like, I literally can't do anything about it. 
They're just going to keep peeing. I mean, it's that's like your pregnancy. You can't do anything about it. It's going to keep right. on happening. Right? And you're not going to get all of these things. This is no. sort of like the bingo. Lightning crutch is great. I like it. Was Lightning crutch is great. But it was painful, but it was also it was we've, hilarious. We've you heard. just be sat there and like I've just got a little electric shot in my vagina. You, I refer that's to the, the Moon Knight podcast, and I think that's a little insight into why into why Rhea thought this was enjoyable. And we're getting every every now and then a podcast. You don't talk about the side of you very much, but every now and then a little thing comes out. <laughs> Oh, handcuffs, Jane. Up, yeah, I would be worried about a man who's got I mean, handcuffs I'm and sandal sorry. around his Is bed. That would be don't want to like fine. tie up Oscar. Eyes. Well, it's because she was He's delightful and exactly. sexy. He's charming. And you weren't well. having sex, so lightning crotch was sort of like adjacent. Oh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> your body was rebelling. <laughs> I'll do it myself. <laughs> like your body is so weird when you're pregnant. Your body is so strange, and so many things happen. My feet grew a whole extra size that didn't go down for two years. Like, yeah. so now I've got a whole bunch of shoes I can't wear because they're too big. And I've got yeah. rid of the whole bunch of shoes that are too small. Like, and it's so mad. And then you're like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And then you have something happen to you go, that's really strange. And you find out it's called lightning crotch. You know, like, you're like, I'm going to take the goods in this. It's called lightning crotch. It's hilarious. Every time it happens, I want to tell somebody and I'm going to brighten up their day. Okay. <laughs> well. That is absolutely perfect. That's a great way to, to end it. So we did give lots of big plugs at the start for your amazing content. But please tell people where they can find you. Alison first. Obviously, I'll put links in the description. Megan, you yawned at the wrong time. I'm sorry. Just before Alison starts talking <laughs> about late. herself, that's not it's the way late. to support. We've done two hours and it's 15 have. minutes. Is this a school night? It is. Yeah, we'll be this a two-part. Two Patrons okay. get access to all of it at once. But, uh, oh, yeah. get on my, excited. On my Patrons. YouTube as well, it'll be in, in full, but that'll be on part two drops. But yes, Alison, I'll put links in the description, but please tell people who are too lazy to check the show notes where they can find you. <laughs> I feel like they're probably too lazy then to type in a website, but um, <laughs> alisonshelton.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-S-H-E-L-T-O-N. Everything is on there. Also, reburncomic.com. You can still order copies digitally or physical copies and elise mccall was on genuine chit chat and she's tremendous and you should check out reburn comic and on instagram at by allison shelton and you do some incredible instagram lives with the uh yes the I poetry do. and things and then and a you're gonna join me yes i do it's in less than two months isn't it so uh, yeah so i don't know I'm when from. this is going up but yeah uh, this will be a couple weeks i think not next yeah. week week after so so it'll yeah. be in february so then the next month Mike's going to join me and share a poem. Mm. So tune in. And Rhea has. And it was wonderful. And we talked a lot about postnatal depression. We did, yes. Did. So Rhea, where can people find you and things? At Rhea Carrigan on Instagram. Don't bother finding me on Twitter because, as Alison so beautifully put it quite recently, I'm a ghost on Twitter and it's true, like, <laughs> that place is on fire. Um, so go find me there, Femon Collective. We're awesome. Femon Pod. Come, come and listen to us. Join us. Talk to us. Tell us what you want to talk about. Come and be on our shows. Give us ideas. It's supposed to be fun and creative and awesome. Megan, you're going to come on and talk to me about Bridgerton for Femon TV. Yeah. The more I say it, the more it will manifest. <laughs> yeah, and, <exactly. laughs> and it's just a wonderful space. So come and join us. Fantastic. I'll put links in the description. You can find me at Genuine Chat Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, I'll put my link tree and stuff in the description. And Megan, where can people find you? Instagram. Grits Gets Fit. And? Oh, Patreon. <laughs> you uh, don't have to do the whole plug there. I just want uh, you to... and, and a variety of different podcasts, because I seem to just 
pop up everywhere. Yeah, because we always say that Megan is a podcaster, even though she said in Disney discussions that she wasn't. Depends on my mood it's as to whether I identify as a podcaster. Wherever the moon is in the sky <laughs> would depend if I'm truly a podcaster. It depends. It depends. It depends. But thank you so much, Alison and Ria, and also uh, to my nameless friend, as well as Math and Amanda, and as well as my friend Jasmine. You've all been so incredible sharing your stories. and No thanks for of- Megan. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you being here, but you haven't shared a pregnancy story. <laughs> so that's what specifically what I was thanking everyone for. <laughs> Am I here? You are here. I appreciate you being here and uh, co-hosting to a degree, but it was... That's all I want to hear, Michael. That's it. I appreciate you. But don't worry, everyone. I appreciate Megan as well. But to everyone else involved in this conversation, <laughs> thank you so much for everything you contributed about the stories and uh, just teaching people a bit more about pregnancy. And the main thing to take away from this is talk to people, respect yourself, and do not feel any shame. It's do the most you natural want. thing. most natural thing you can do, whereas it's pregnancy, childbirth itself, raising a kid, you know, do what's best for you, who you love. It's all your good intentions. That's what you got to do. And so thank you, friends, for coming on the show. Once again, thank you for all the listeners tuning in, and we will speak to you all very soon. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. Make sure you check out the show notes for information on Alison and on Rhea, as well as their Femme on Collective podcast initiative involving Tonya Todd and Ada McCarthy and lots of other individuals as well who have and some that haven't been on Genuine Chit Chat, as well as there's loads of other information in the description, including a free Patreon episode, what I did in the last episode of Genuine Chit Chat when I spoke to Tony Freena, info on my Star Wars show, loads of stuff. Always make sure you check out the show notes because there's a ton of information in there. So what else is coming up and what else have I been up to? Well, the lucky patron supporters are getting three episodes within a week of today. So they're getting an episode on today because it's part two dropping on this normal feed and all patron supporters get access to part one and part two in one go when part one drops on the Patreon exclusive feed and they get a bonus episode whenever a part two drops. And on a Thursday just gone, I release an episode as well. And then on the Wednesday coming, there's another episode. So there's quite a lot of afterthoughts going on on the Patreon feed right now and you can contribute for as little as one pound a month and you get access to hours and hours of additional content with myself and Megan and a few other extra bits and pieces that you cannot get anywhere else. And a big shout out to Math. Um, he probably won't be listening to this part because, as I said, he's already got access to both parts on the Patreon exclusive feed, but a shout out to him because he recently joined my Patreon supporters. So he's among the ranks of people who get early access to stuff and loads of exclusive content and more importantly, he supports this show financially which is something that's absolutely incredible. So just shout out to Math and all my other lovely Patreon supporters I love all of you. But what else have I got going on? Well, I've got a podcast recorded with Jennifer Sterling, and she's a member of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and she talks about her relationship with God, as well as how she got through a depressive episode that she had like 10 years ago, as well as her diet and positive thinking and all kinds of things. It's quite an uplifting podcast. It does go to some darker places, but it is generally a positive podcast, one of the things that we love on this feed. In addition to that, I have just recorded a conversation with BZ and Tonya Todd, so they've both been on the show numerous times in the past, and it's another discussion about religion so we speak about their religious preferences and how they kind of view religion that sort of thing really really great conversation there in addition to that i have got a date in the calendar for a star wars author so it's very exciting there but i won't say who it is or any more information until i've got that recording recorded so that's a real fun thing in the future as well and i've got a few other bits and pieces in the planning as i always do i've got the mandalorian weekly discussion shows that starts on march so i'll be doing that i've got the rebels reviewed show which i have now recorded episode one with math and with dave that's where we go through the show star wars rebels it's available on disney plus and each episode we go through a season of rebels there's four seasons so it's going to be four episodes across 2023. 
In addition to that, I recently appeared on Stevie B's YouTube channel to talk about Star Wars just as a whole. I think we spoke for like an hour and 45 minutes or so. It's really, really good fun. Stevie is a really, really cool guy. And so make sure you check out his YouTube channel if you want some more interesting content on Star Wars. A link is in the description next week i'm going to be in italy so any patreon supporters will probably get quite a few photos of myself and megan in italy and i'm trying out some new podcasting equipment which is quite exciting which i managed to buy with my patreon money so that's really really fun i'll probably do like a separate post about that on social media and probably on patreon as well but uh yeah i'm gonna be in italy next week so keep an eye on my instagram story um, because there'll probably be a few bits and pieces on there and uh yeah if you want to become a patreon supporter you normally when myself and megan go away i normally put a few photos on there that i don't really post anywhere else just for an extra little bit of bonus content but the scheduling next week should be relatively normal i haven't fully decided it really just depends how busy myself and megan are because when we get back from italy we've only got a couple days before going back to work and it's a family member's birthday and we've also got friends staying with us as well Uh, so i may end up just releasing the rebels reviewed episode on both feeds of genuine chit chat and on star wars comics and canon just so it kind of covers both bases and then obviously patrons will get bonus stuff but i will figure it out maybe me megan end up recording something in italy but maybe i'll just keep that for patreon who knows but i just want to give you your an update of next week it may be rebels reviewed or it might be something else it all just depends how busy i end up being but as always you can follow me on social media at genuine chit chat on instagram twitter and on facebook you can go to my youtube channel youtube.com slash genuine chit chat over there you get full video episodes um so you can watch myself and my lovely guests faces as well as everything's in playlists there so it's a really good place if this is one of your first times listening to this show it's a really good way to listen to some of the other bits of content that is related to this or you can just message me on social media and i will give you recommendations or you can just start from the start and listen to all of the episodes whatever you want to do however you want to listen to genuine chit chat know that i just really really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this especially all the way at the end where it just gets a bit rambly and messy but i think that's going to be everything i keep saying it's going to be everything and i normally do about four times in the outro so uh you know third time's charm fourth time's charm who knows maybe i'll say it again but i really appreciate you all uh tuning in please support me by sharing on social media by reviewing on apple podcasts on good pods on spotify anything like that really does actually help the show out and obviously tell your friends about it that's a really great way to help out the show too but thank you so much i'll speak to yourselves next Next week, either Rebels Reviewed or with my conversation with Jennifer Sterling. Either way, the Jennifer Sterling one will be out within the next two weeks. And if you want some extra bonus content, go to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for as little as one pound a month. So, friends, I hope you have a great week. Hope you have a good time while I'm in Italy. And I'll speak to you upon my return. Thank you so much. I'll talk soon. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.